everyone. This is Elizabeth Carlisle on Heal Yourself Naturally with Ayurveda. Thank you for joining me. We have a wonderful returning guest today, Steph Galante, who is going to share some valuable information regarding Ayurveda and yoga, the sister sciences. Hello, Steph. Good to be here with you, Elizabeth. Thank you for having me again. We're so happy to have you. So please tell us more about how Ayurveda and yoga are connected. Well, like you said, they are sister sciences and Ayurveda heals the body while yoga heals the mind. And it's funny because a lot of people think of yoga in terms of the physical postures being something that builds strength and flexibility. Some people feel as though you need a certain level of strength or flexibility <laughs> to begin to practice yoga. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, but you know what? They really are sister sciences when they, they are wonderful apart. They are so powerful apart. But when they are utilized together, there is a synergy that happens that is so powerful and really supportive of well-being that is completely holistic, body, mind, energy, the whole being really uh, Mm -hmm. benefits. And the reason is that when we're on the mat doing asana, which is those physical postures, it's basically aligned with all of the practices people are doing off the mat in their Ayurveda self-care. And so you've got physical practice of yoga, you've got breathing, maybe meditation, that all supports the person, their mind being present in the, in the moment while healing and also strengthening the body also strengthening the body's function. So all of the processes that Ayurveda is trying to bring balance to within the body and mind gets bolstered and supported by the yoga practice. And then yoga really does create self-awareness in the moment, you know, when we're focused on what we're doing on the mat, honoring where our body, our mind is in the moment, choosing a variation that works in the moment for us to be supportive, maybe push us a little bit, or let us kind of pull back on the pushing and just being and letting ourselves soften helps all of that awareness in how we should take care of ourselves. Right. And really listening to the body. Yes, for sure. And, And that's the thing I think, you know, when it comes to Ayurveda and choosing intentional practices to heal, to balance, to soothe, you're building that awareness and that ability to show up for yourself when you are practicing yoga asana and all of the other components that are involved in yoga practice for sure. What about people that may have difficulty with some of the asanas? Would you suggest for those people? Well, you know, it's funny, I feel like a myth buster when it comes to um, yoga, especially because I truly believe that yoga should be accessible to all bodies. Mm -hmm. Um, That there there is no level of flexibility or level of strength that you must have in order to come to the mat that whether you are wheelchair bound, or you have um, any sort of physical limitation, really any limitation to be perfectly honest, oh, yoga they should ha- be. 
They have chair yoga for anybody that is unable to get on the mat. That's right. That's right. And so I, you know, I find myself almost on a crusade. (laughs) I use that word lightly. Yeah. Good. You know, to really educate people on, first of all, what yoga is. Yoga is so much more than just the asana, the physical practice of yoga. Yoga is all about as we've already said, building self-awareness, it's understanding our behaviors, our disciplines, it's Mm -hmm. connecting to the breath, it's creating quiet in the mind, the ability to concentrate, it's in the moment, being able to tap into bliss, even when you're going through really hard stuff. So really, you know, there's something called the eight limbs of yoga, and the physical practice is just one piece of that. That's right, (laughs) that's right. It's the education I find that I love in terms of telling people, you know, sharing with people really what yoga is and how it was created and that it was a physical way to bring balance to the body. So it's that, that physical practice really is just one eighth of it. Um, And therefore it should be accessible to everyone. We should be able to have teachers out there who are, offering variations. And so to answer your question, you know, I think it's important to do your research if you're wanting to practice um, and finding a teacher that really jives with you, whether you have um, any sort of considerations that must be met on the mat Mm -hmm. um, or even just the style of practice can change from teacher to teacher and school to school. Yeah. And so yoga is so much more than what we see on social media. It's so much more than, you know, these amazing feats of you know, I know. gravity. I, I, sometimes I find people to be a bit competitive when it comes to doing these postures. And I I don't, I know that's not the purpose of yoga. It's a very personal practice. And I think we have to withdraw to a certain respect to um, our own selves, our own abilities and uniting ourselves with our personal experience of the body. So that competitiveness is something that I'm not really happy about. And I wish that people would do more home practice or practice that they have designed for their particular needs? Absolutely, 100%. The practice of yoga in terms of that physical practice really is for you to turn inward, to honor what is happening physically, mentally, and emotionally. And I have to be honest, when I started taking yoga, it really was, honestly, for me, you know, that very Western view of, well, I need to get, you know, more flexible. I need to stretch a little bit more, Sure. Um, you know, and it wasn't until I really started to deepen my study of yoga that I came to understand how much more yoga is than um, what I thought that, you know, it's so much more than just the physical poses. And you know, I've, I've been in the fitness field my entire career. Yoga has been just a piece of it, but I've been blessed in any area of my career to be trained by teachers who really understand the body. Mm-hmm. And I've been able to learn ways to not only yoga, but physical, regular exercise, you know, what, no matter if it's strength training or cardio, to be able to 
create programs and um, offer variations to people. How did that, you deepen your practice? I'm so, really interested in that. <laughs> you know what? I, I think I started to feel the transformation on the mat, to be perfectly honest, that mm-hmm. I started to realize, wait a second, you know, this is so much more than just getting more flexible or increasing or my just, balance. Or just holding postures. That's right. That's right. You know, um, for me personally, I've been through a lot of trauma when it comes to racism and discrimination. And I had a hard time growing really? up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, not only self-confidence, but self-worth. When and I a lot started, of people have that problem. Yes. And it could be related to many different things, not just my experiences. And I have to be honest, Elizabeth, the greatest gift yoga has given me the actual being on the mat portion of it. Um, That self-awareness was the acceptance of myself. Well, you need to love yourself. That's right. That's exactly right. Regardless. That's right. So, you know, no matter how many times people told me I wasn't enough or you know, cause that stuff, it sticks with you and it's very traumatizing. And it's wrong. I was, that, yes. Yes. We're, all, we're all worthy. We're all equal. There is no exception to that rule. And I think it's our divine right to live in equality to and peace. Absolutely. That's right. Absolutely. And so I, I think that for me, you know, I was in turmoil and so I was, When I was invited, that self-awareness piece, that self-love piece, that piece of, you know, no matter what your weakness is, no matter what mistakes you have made, and no matter whatever trauma has happened to you, that you still have the right to be happy, have the right to feel valued. That has been the greatest gift of yoga. The greatest gift is peace of mind. Mm -hmm. And yoga leads us there. That's right. That's right. By, by when, coming into ourselves mm-hmm. and not looking outward, but looking inward. That's right. And yoga right. is the primary tool for that. That self-study is such a big portion of a practice. And so I think that that's, you know, to answer your question about how did I deepen my practice, starting to understand that, that what I was supposed to be doing on the mat was so much more than like you said, holding poses or getting stronger, more flexible, it really was to deepen my understanding of myself, how I wanted to show up in the world, regardless of how the world accepted me or not. Um, and, and the way that I could do my best service for others. So when I'm showing up authentically, when I'm showing up from a place of understanding of myself, you know, my tendencies, whether it's my tendency to be angry or my tendency to judge both of myself and of others, when I can be more aware, right? Talk about mindfulness. When I can be more aware of my behaviors, my thoughts, my words, I can better serve others. I can better show up in the world. Absolutely. That's when the deepening happened for me. Well, you learn to accept and love yourself. And we all have to do that. Whatever path leads us there, there there's only one person that can actually answer that for each of us and that's ourselves so we do have to find the journey and the path that takes us there and walk it yes and that's I think what's uncomfortable for people because whether it's because we've had to for survival to 
numb ourselves or push down emotions and not deal with them. Or if it's Mm -hmm. because society tells us that that's what we're supposed to do. Maybe it's people's culture Mm -hmm. that has told them to do that. It's Mm -hmm. very uncomfortable for people, especially, I mean, here we, here we are, you know, what, 19 months into a pandemic, you know, people are feeling a lot and it can be uncomfortable to then be encouraged on the mat by your teacher to feel all of it because you don't, because you, it's so hurtful. You know, we feel so much and it can be very hard to face our feelings, to feel them because Mm -hmm. they are so big. Mm -hmm. But what we know from therapy, right? What we know from psychologists, what we know from life coaches, we must deal with the emotions. Oh, absolutely. When they, when we, you know, we, and this is the thing, we bring them to the mat, right? We don't leave (laughs) what we're going through. You know, there's not this boundary (laughs) around Mm -hmm. our yoga mat. Well, again, it's all about inner acceptance. Yes. And I think control over the fear that you're not good enough. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And once you realize that you are the same as everyone, we're all on our own journey. We all have a special path to follow. But the end result is always love. It's Absolutely. not, you can't have love for others if you don't have love for self. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. 100%, 100%. And you know, one thing I, I hope to see more of in the yoga industry is, is that, right? The promotion of self-love. Uh, yes. You right. know, that, well, like we're, you getting were, we're getting yeah. there. We're you getting there. We're working know. on it. Yeah, we're you know, getting there. And I think even though this is a pandemic time, as you said, this is a time for self-reflection. Mm-hmm. This is the time to turn inwards and spend more time knowing who you are. And that's why one of the greatest meditations in yoga is who am I? Right. Who am I? Right. And I think that when you, when you know who you are, when you know what your needs are, you know, going back to how do we you know, make this more accessible to people. One of the questions you've just asked me, you know, I think that when you have an understanding of yourself and your needs, your wants, you can more fully come to the mat and you can more fully open yourself on the mat. You know, oftentimes, very simply, if we're in a posture, I'll say to somebody, you know, make sure you, you know, if if you're wanting to, uh, you know, make this a little bit more comfortable, maybe use a yoga block, maybe come to the wall, maybe use a chair. And people are like, no, 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 no. Like, I, I want to do this. And they kind of just try to push through. But how about if we just kind of acknowledge where we are right now, that we need a little assistance or opening our mind to the fact that just because we need assistance with something doesn't mean we're less than, right? There's strength right. in seeking assistance. And right. we end up having on the mat, if we utilize a block of the wall, the chair, we, we end up deepening the moment, the experience of the moment, because it opens more fully to us. Wonderful. And that I think is a big piece for people to begin to understand as well. Right. And you could be in any shape when you decide to try this. You can be at any point in your life mm-hmm. where you decide that this is a good path for you. So accept it, go forward with joy. Yoga is open to everyone, Mm -hmm. no matter where you are, no matter what age, right? 
100%. So, so tell us about how this practice can uh, um, support us seasonally, please. Ooh, this is one of my most favorite things to talk about. <laughs> okay. You know, I'm sure your listeners are so familiar with shifting our Ayurveda practices, our self-care practices based on the season. Um, and, you know, here we are in fall. You know, we're still in a little bit, right. you know, feel, depending on where you live in the it's world. Getting cool, dry, and windy, depending on where right. you are in the world. Right. That's right. And then here in New Jersey, where I am, sometimes it feels like summer still. <laughs> so, ah, yes, yes. And so it's a very interesting, and I always say I'm, I'm blessed to live in New Jersey in that we get some of the most wild experiences in the seasons. It doesn't always, like Mother Nature does not always give us the typical uh, day in whatever season we're in. Sometimes there are hints of other seasons pulled in. Oh, and sure. I, I think because of that, I'm so mindful of not only shifting what we do per season, but also being aware in the day, what the day is like, how we're feeling and shifting based on that as well. And so I think that that's very important when you're kind of building your skill of self-awareness is being able to understand, you know, day to day, moment to moment, I have to check in and see what do I need? What's happening outside the door? But to answer the question, yoga, just like our self-care practices should shift season to season. So we left summer, even though sometimes, like I said, it does feel summery here in New Jersey. So we we do still pull in some of, in my practice that I'm teaching right now, I still pull in some of that pitta pacifying um, quality into the practice on hot days. Well, we have the accumulated heat of the summer also in our bodies. That's right. So still doing some twists. We we still have to keep cool. Yes. So through twists and side bends, you know, opening, allowing that heat to release is very important. Mm -hmm. But then also bringing in a little bit more of balancing for the vata qualities we're feeling outside and the vata qualities that are showing up within us, whether you're, you know, your dominant dosha is vata or not right? There's going to be a little bit of instability that is felt um, within people. There's going mm-hmm. to be, you know, a lot of people are kind of running around doing all the things their schedules may have changed once, you know, September began. And some people have returned to work now and they haven't been to work in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, school has begun. There's so much shift that has happened in our daily lives that we need to create more stability in our routines, which I'm sure you've been talking about already with your listeners and the yoga practice really can follow the shifts that you make off the mat or the same shifts you would make on the mat. So what we're trying to do for the fall season is create a little bit more grounding, a little bit more stability, mindful movement, not just doing things to do them, but really allowing ourselves to be present in the moment. And so general tips for you know, shifting the season, the practice based on seasons is number one, choosing the appropriate postures and sequencing. The speed of the movement is going to change. The speed of the practice is going to change. And so particularly for the fall, we want to pacify Vata, right? We want to, yes. like I said, you know, create that grounding, that stability. And so we want to move in the fall with intention and fluidity. So nothing herky-jerky. We're not really jumping. Some people really, really love, say, to jump from a forward fold into plank or from a plank forward into a forward fold. And so we're minimizing that for the fall season. 
We are grounding more. We are trying to have our hands and our feet on the mat as much as possible. And there are a few other ways that we can alter the practice to honor what is going on outside. And one thing is you want to take a good time warming up. Like you said, it's getting cooler some places. Maybe it's cooler in the morning. Letting yourself take a good time warming up to get that warmth into the muscles, to loosen the joints, to lubricate them so they don't feel that dryness, that crackly <laughs> that can happen in the joints. Slowly building that heat and whether it's in the morning or in the night or somewhere during the day, if you're feeling agitated, right? If that vata quality in the mind and the body is big time, you know, maybe you take some gentle movement before you sit still to breathe. Because a lot of people do start a yoga practice with breathing or uh -huh. a focus or a centering. And that can be really difficult to do if your mind is just wandering, if the monkey mind is really um, on fast forward. And so maybe taking some gentle movement before you sit and quiet is a good idea. Some longer holds. So when you get into your positions, whatever the posture or shape is, wherever it is that you happen to be, whether you're lying on your back or you're lying on your stomach or you're standing or balancing, you're there aware. Uh -huh. yes. yes. Longer and longer holds, building yeah. that heat, yeah. your ability to be in the discomfort, not backing away, but being there and being very present with it, mm -hmm. with your thoughts, with your and emotions that are coming up. I've heard many times that the longer you hold uh, 60 seconds, at least a minute, but th those longer holes do really benefit you in many ways rather than quick, short holes, but That's the right. longer holes, and that really gives you chance to really feel your muscles and step into that pose, I think. You're, you're absolutely right. You know, talking about self-awareness, talking about being present in the moment, the why of the pose, like what are you getting out of this pose? What mm -hmm. joints are benefiting? What muscles are benefiting? And we know yoga asana is going to work the entire body, um, but it's going to focus on certain muscle groups, certain poses and certain joints. And, you know, is this helping us to focus our mind? Is this helping us to increase digestion? You know, so there are physiological benefits too, the physical benefits. And so right. understanding okay, let me be here. Finding that edge, right? That place of, I call it comfortable discomfort. When you recognize something's happening, right? There's a little discomfort there. It's not painful. That discomfort and that challenge, as you mentioned, is something that we need to pay attention to because that's where you need to focus your attention. That's what's demanding your attention at that time. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. also remember food changes seasonally according to Ayurveda. Yes. We eat what's in season, which helps our bodies acclimate as we move from season to season. Mm -hmm. So all that is valuable. Well, thank you so much, Steph, for all that wonderful, valuable information. Thank you. I loved everything you said. And I think this gives people a lot to think about. And if you haven't tried yoga, you haven't been to a class or talked to a teacher, this is the time to really consider that. So thank you for joining me, Steph. Come again. And please tell everyone how they can contact you in the future, Steph. Absolutely. My website is stephgalante.com. That's Steph with two Fs. Um, and then also on Instagram, Steph Galante as well. Ayurveda and yoga, these support us body, mind, and spirit.
we can't forget that and just look into the possibilities for you to develop these practices as routine. Thank you so much, Steph. Blessings to everyone. Take care. Thank you, everyone.